It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, uh, welcome aboard, and it's time for the uh, reactions to the uh, Friday night uh, games around the area. And it's and it's weird because there's no Saturday games, so we'll get I to know, talk we about actually have everybody. A full slate to talk about, uh, and maybe we learned, and maybe we didn't learn. I I, I think we learned. Uh, one thing for sure in the BWAC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that message was sent loud and clear. So uh, that uh, is one of the things we'll talk about. Uh, but uh, we'll start uh, in the uh, the MAC, And it was just a, it was a really good uh, uh, performance for some quarterbacks on uh, Friday night. Uh, Northern scored uh, some points. We'll uh, they about- answered the bell. Yeah, but their first one was a kick return, and the defense scored the the second one. I know for sure. Okay, that's <laughs> who cares. I'm just saying they put up 28 more after that. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not trying to to be uh, negative about it. I'm happy. I'm very happy. Mary still got a big win. Hey, St. Clair got a uh, big win. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then uh, there was a rivalry game that we thought wouldn't be close that ended up being really close. Yeah tonight so. probably the best game in the area well well there are two, two really good games two in the games area went tonight. to overtime I mean if you're looking for games that were nail biters so we'll get to it all in uh, just a moment starting with uh, a performance by the uh, Port Huron High Big Reds tonight that Brady got to see when you run with us on a Gator UTV the engine has your full attention the herd takes notice and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. 
Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Back with uh, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Uh, A lot happened uh, that we have to get to, so let's just get to it, Brady. Yeah, Port Huron High is good. <laughs> Port Huron High is really good. It's nice when you get to see a new team with fresh eyes. It's like they put on a show for you, right, <laughs> Kind of was the case uh, in my game, too. Amari Holler showed up to this game and in the first half basically said, this is my game, you're not stopping me. He had four touchdowns in the first half. For the game, he had 148 passing yards, 133 Rushing yards, one or 281 total all-purpose yards. And the second half, they didn't really do a whole lot. Port here on high was dominant. The final score was 35-23. Here's a couple of takeaways. Port here on high's offense really didn't play that great. Their first drive, they marched down the field. But after that, they were kind of bailed out on third and longs. Like Amari Holler, I think, had a 41-yard excuse me, touchdown pass to Ashford on like 
third and 14. He had an 81-yard touchdown run on, like, third and 27. And I think it was, like, a third and 15 pass to uh, – let me see. Who was it to? It was to Caden Rogers on, and that put him down at the one that set up a, a QB sneak. So that's a game where you look and you're feeling good, but you go into film and you probably get – it's a little tougher than you think, but – that game was three, four plays away from being 42-6. to six. And you'll hear when you listen to the highlights. I mean, there are two touchdowns that Lance Cruz scored were because of broken tackles and missed tackles. But anyway, this is what it sounded like. Twins to the right, one out to the left, tight end to the right, Moe's to the left of Holler. Holler going with the hard count, now takes a snap, going to fake the handoff to Moe's, keeping himself, got room to work, across the 10, looks to cut up, and he runs through a DB towards the pylon. Did he get in? And they're going to say he did. Touchdown, Amari Holler in Port here on high. Twins out to the right, that's Ashford and Oriole. Man out to the left is Rosenew. Holler out of the gun, dropping back, looking to his right. Got a man in his face, throws up a 50-50 ball. Ashford's got a step on the man, and it's caught at the five! Into the end zone! Huge pitch and catch on third and long. Gives the Big Reds their second score, 41 yards. Holler to Ashford, they're up 13 to nothing. Holler takes a snap, he's going to call his own number. Trying to push his way into the end zone, and I think a second or third effort gets him in there. It does! Touchdown, Port here on high. Twins to either side, tight end on the ball to the right of Sanders. Looks around, Big Reds only have three down linemen, they rush four. Dropping back, looking, throws a pass, and it's caught inside the 45, and he's still loose. Getting inside the 35, 30, he's still on his feet. That is Donovan Weatherly. He's going into the end zone. Touchdown, Lance Cruz. Holler out of the gun. And he's going to keep it. He's got room to work on the left side. He cuts to the outside across the 20, 25, 30, 35, 35, 40. First down more, 50, 45 foot race, 35, 30, 20, 20, 15, 10, 5, Amari Holler, 81 yards, there are no flags on the field. Sanders, Valdez offset to his left, looked like an offensive lineman flinch, no flag, he's looking, he wanted the fade route, he's telling him to come back, he's going to throw it and it's caught by Weatherly at the 20, he slips one tackle, slips another to the 10, cuts back in, five, touchdown! Cole just inside his own 30, it's a slow snap and it's blocked! Joe Meyer, he blocked it, he's going to pick it up himself, no one's going to stop him! Special team score for Port here on high, flips the momentum! From the left hash, Port here on high leads at 35-14, but they're giving the ball back to Lance Cruz here at the start of the fourth quarter. On the goal line, taking the snap is Troy, and it's blocked! It's blocked by Lance Cruz, and it's a scramble for it, and it goes out the back of the end zone for a safety. Holler under center. They are ready to go, and Holler takes the knee, and that will do it. In this matchup, Port here on high takes it 35-23 over Lance Cruz. Yeah, it was uh, a first-half game. I saw two blocked punts, by one by each team. Don't see that too often in the game. No, usually if you see two blocks in a game, it's by the same team. Yeah. And there's probably like a problem with the snap or something. Yeah, the and, and there's actually the a third there. punt that the kid from Lance Cruz just straight dropped it. Like the long snapper put it on his hip and he went to take a step and he's like, I forgot how to use my hands. <laughs> and just dropped it in my 
I don't know if they gave him credit for a fumble recovery or how they scored it stats-wise, but he ran him over, and if the punter didn't have the ball, then Myuri reached out with one hand and brought it in. So really like three block punts. But all really Port Huron High did all their damage in the first half, and then the second half, Lance Cruz played better. Dennis, like, this is a team that has a lot of room to improve, but it's still Oh, really good team. Oh, it seems to me the pattern with the the Big Reds is they kind of win their games in the first half, and then they kind of coast in the uh, the second half, almost like they're kind of trying to save their guys because they know they've got bigger things ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but defensively, Dennis, they were swarming like those two plays. Like you, you, you know, when you look at a game and you can go, "Ooh, that defense has real problems," or those were kind of fluke-busted. The two touchdowns were fluke-busted plays. I think the most first, the most that uh, Lance Cruz got on a drive was like three first downs. And that was the first drive of the second half that ended with the second Weatherly touchdown. But uh, Coach Perkins is pretty happy after the game. This is what he had to say. Joined now by Port here and I head coach uh, Dan Perkins. Coach, uh, you guys got the win 35-23, but... It wasn't really a two-score game. I mean, they scored in the final seconds. I thought you, your defense played really well outside of two plays. Yeah, we we had a defensive focus this week, and uh, and the kids really responded. We kind of challenged them because the, our opening drives haven't been great defensively, and uh, we challenged them that way, and uh, they responded. They, we played pretty good on defense. I thought, you know, we, there's still work to be done, but uh, – I think we hit hard well tonight, and uh, and we swarmed the ball again. And it really was a two-play situation where we didn't tackle uh, on those plays. Sorry. Offensively, that first half, you guys were explosive, especially Amari. I mean, four touchdowns, three on the ground. I think three of your touchdowns were either set up or scored on, like, third and forevers. I mean, that, that's got to be nice to know. It doesn't matter where you are in the field. You're a threat to score. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, sometimes tough to be patient uh, running the football, and then, you know, you want a, a big play, but that could happen at any time. And uh, uh, really, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot all night and uh, got ourselves in the, behind the chains really all night long, and and that's difficult. And uh, luckily, we have some talented kids. So I tell you what, I told the kids at half, is some of the best catching of the football I've seen in a high school game in a while. But we were had guys draped on us or throws that were uh, really difficult balls to handle, and we did. So really encouraged by that. One thing that I think helped Amari, and you mentioned it when we talked in earlier in the week, your offensive line gave him a lot of time to throw, and he was able to step into some of those deep throws. Got to give the big men some credit up front for giving uh, Amari a chance to work. There's no doubt about it. They come every week and, and have all season so far, and uh, they pack a lunch and, and – uh, it's a, a really good group. They had some uh, nice ball players over there that got off the ball wall and uh, gave us a few fits, but uh, we were able to respond well enough. Uh, Joe Myuri, two big plays on special teams. One was kind of hand-gifted to him. The other one was just a nice play, came screaming off the edge on a punt block. Got to be nice to know when you can score on special teams. Well, yeah, that that the, before that play, I yelled at him, said, go block this, will you? And, uh, <laughs> And he responded real well. Uh, you know, Joe's just a, a guy we can uh, ride on his back a lot uh, defensively. He's a he's a big performer for us, and 
he's a ball hawk and uh, uh, really a challenge for anybody to make sure that they're getting blocked at a regular basis. So uh, if you're going to come and block him, you better bring a lunch because he'll hit you. Coach, thanks. Congrats on the win. Thank you. Thank you. Better bring a lunch, Dennis. I'll bring lunch. Still won't get to uh, block uh, Joe Myuri, though. No. Good. <laughs> he you was who, good last who year. Who else played really well for them was uh, Luke Allen. Yeah, I like Luke Allen. He flies around. I thought he was playing sideline to sideline really well defensively. Like, they, they've got eight to ten kids that are really talented. And the thing is, we were talking about this before we went on the air. There, there's not a ton of seniors. Like, Gabe Mose is a senior. You have Cade Hansel, who plays, is a senior. Aaron Smith, a senior. Cameron Cole. And then Nash Phillips. Those are the big hitters that are seniors. And I can name you twice as many guys that are still there. And not to say those guys won't be tough losses, but most programs, a lot of their best players are seniors. Well, I mean, and we did this back before the season started. List off the names that they lost off right. of last year's 8-1 and one team that went to the, what, the district final against mm-hmm. De La Salle, and you'd be like, man, they're not going to be good next year. And yet, here they are. And they're, they're rolling. Short of something unexpected happening, I think we're going to have a really fun Crosstown showdown. Speaking of Northern, 42 points. Yes. Against Sterling Heights, 42 to 14. They uh, beat uh, the uh, Stallions. Um, and, and, uh, and again, we, we, we've kind of been dogging them about the fact that they're winning because of their defense. And we kind of said, come on, Northern, give us some points this week and they responded asking you shall receive Dennis and and and, and again I apologize because they're five and all so right. I shouldn't be complaining about anything because all they do is win but you know those seven nothing and eight six games against the teams that they did it against you're kind of going what's going on here like, I'm nervous for later in the season when when they play pH when they play Romeo you got to be able to score against those teams and score they did because we were like we're like just get in the twenties, beat them twenty to three, twenty one to three. They put up forty two points, and this was a game that in the second quarter was kind of close, and they put their foot on the throat. That is a very encouraging sign. That shows me that they are starting to figure it out. Yeah. At one point it was fourteen fourteen in the first half, and they ended the half up. 28-14. And then in the second half, defense clamps down. Offense puts in two more scores. Dennis, you love to see it. because I think the defense scored a touchdown in the yep. game. And special teams, I know they had at least one kickoff return for a score. Love you, you got to love special team scores. And, and when you're struggling, that's what you need to get you going. Yeah. You, get, you give up the early touchdown, you're down 7 nothing, and everybody's going, wait, what? Yeah. You're down 7 nothing to Sterling Heights. What are you doing, Northern? Boom, ensuing kickoff, you get a touchdown, then your defense scores for you, and then that kind of – that helps your offense. Kind of takes the pressure off them, and then they can relax, and then they finished out the game with four more scores. They're starting to figure it out, and it's just, it's just great to see. I mean, 42 points, that's a heck of a performance. Don't sleep on them against Lance Cruz next week. 
Lance Cruz has talent. I mean, you heard Coach Perkins say it when, when, he, when we interviewed him. They have ball players, and I believe that game is at Lance Cruz. Yeah, Northern, Northern's got to go there, yep. That's a trap game. You have PH on the other side of it. You have to go down there. You have to play against a team that's probably a little pissed off with the way they played against Port here on high. That's a trap game, but enjoy this game, Northern. That is an excellent performance. Now go take care of business and give me what I want again <laughs> and give me a Mac Blue championship game in Week 7 high versus Northern. All right. Well, we need, uh, we need both teams to uh, keep rolling so that we can uh, get that set up. Speaking of rolling now, maybe Marysville has turned the corner here, uh, Brady, uh, because it's two weeks in a row now that the offense has gotten going. Um, we're, we're seeing the numbers from Michael Sacucci that were kind of hyped to us. McKinney has turned into a really good back for Marysville that maybe we need to talk about him a little bit more, but they roll at Madison 34-13 to 13 tonight. This is what I was expecting. I know you weren't as confident as I was that they would roll. I think you were still pretty confident they would win, but – Maybe you thought it would be a little closer. Well, I thought if this game's up in Marysville, I'd see a big score for the Vikings. Um, at Madison, I was a little nervous that, you know, you, you can't look past this game. But they took care of business. I'm encouraged because early in the season, I wasn't – it was less about Marysville's offense. With the Sakuchis, you figure at some point they're going to figure it out and they're going to score. I was a little worried about their defense and the number of points that they were giving up, but 13 is, I, I think it's their best output because I think Centerline had 14. Yes, that but, is their but best I mean, defensive output. Everybody else was 20 or above against them uh, mm -hmm. this year. So to see the defense on the road only give up 13 points and their offense gets 34 and to see that they ran the ball, 159 yards and a touchdown for Sakuchi. 89 yards, two touchdowns for uh, McKinney. It sounds to me like that's Marysville football the way we're used to it. Marysville football the way they played it when you were there, Brady. Three yards in a cloud of dust, control the ball, and get good defense. That's how it's been since Bob Sullivan back in 1950. But that's, that's how it was in 1886 when they were playing the University of Michigan, and Michigan was counting those as wins. And Denny White was on the team. And Denny White was on the team. But no, that's a nice <laughs> win. That's a nice win for Marysville. I think they have a chance to go on a little bit of a run here, like St. Clair, who got a very, very important win. Looking at the rest of the, I schedule. think this is a big win for St. Clair. And I wasn't sure they were going to get it. 39-33 over Gross Point North. And they had to come back to do it, Dennis. They were down 33-25. They scored and then didn't get the two-point conversion. So they needed a stop, got the ball back, punched it in, and slammed the door defensively on Gross Point North. That is a hell of a win for the Saints. Now, here, here's the thing. They get Cousineau next. They might, they might score 80 in that one. Uh, then at Tower, which uh, at the beginning of the season, not so sure. Now looking at that going, that's a very winnable I game. I believe they just lost to Lamphere today, too. 
Yeah, and and then uh, at home against Lakeview again. Lakeview is up in the white, but we talked about the the lower teams in the white this year not so strong. Uh, and then they close out with Marysville. That St. Clair Marysville game might mean a ton to those two teams as far as the playoff picture is concerned. Yeah. But St. Clair has the 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 Ducks lined up now. Gross Point North was the one game that I wasn't sure if they could get it. And they went out and they got it. So on that, the road, that's a huge too. win. On the road. By the way, Cousineau, 65 nothing to Roseville. Yeah. That might have been the halftime score. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet it was. And then um, Warren Woods Tower lost to Lampfear, 33-26. And I know you probably are going, wait, they're not in the same division. Apparently, Lampfear was supposed to play New Haven. Tower was supposed to play East Point. And we're going to assume that both teams yeah. were short players this week. So they just went, oh, hey, we live a stone's throw away from each other. Let's just play each other. So both Marysville and St. Clair look like they're on a collision course because, again, we've talked about this. And, you know, as we get closer to the end of the season, I start to get my whole maptology, bracketology oh, stuff. You've been looking at it since week two. No, I, I usually wait until like what week four. What is it, four. goose poop that you Go- look at? Goose poop. Okay, the, what do you, who do you think is going to win this game in week six? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, Brady. I don't know who's going to win this week. And you're trying um, to get me to help you figure out the 37 different outcomes that it could be. Yes. And one of those outcomes, you could see St. Clair hosting Cross Lex with a significantly worse record. Like oh, after they, what I what after what I saw tonight, I wouldn't want to play Cross Lex in a parking lot because apparently they practice real good there. <laughs> but St. Clair, they could have six wins and host a playoff game. That's a real possibility. And beating Gross Point North, that's a huge step because they're gonna. They should win next week. There's no reason why they shouldn't. That put Dennis. That puts them at four and two. And after the start they had, you're going. This could get bad. But they've bounced back and made in a major way. Good job, Saints. Marine City wins by a yeah. Uh, Ethan White, 133 oh, yeah. yards and a, and a score for the uh, the Saints. So it's also good to see his name up on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marine City beat. Uh, Clintondale by a lot, fifty-five to twelve. Yeah. You're not going to talk about the Mariners. What? We never talk about the Mariners. <laughs> They're the best team in the area. Maybe there's nothing to say. They killed the team they were supposed to kill. It's uh, it's Marine City. I think Tetler had a couple touchdowns. I didn't get the we didn't get the exact stats this game, but they just dominated. Like, I mean, you know, usually when at halftime when you're looking for scores, I. Marine City wasn't even on my radar because I was waiting to see the final and it be 55 to 12. And I'm actually surprised they gave up 12 points. <laughs> that just, w- just because I, I want to spend more than 25 seconds on them because they're our number one team in the polls every week. So 43 to 12, 47 to 6, 48 to 8, 41 to 12, 55 to 12 tonight, their biggest output of the season. They go down to Hazel Park next week. Then they host forty-eight to six. Then they host Madison, fifty-seven to two. Then they go to Lincoln, three hundred to one. <laughs> then Notre Dame prep at home. Maybe a tough game. Maybe Notre Dame prep's actually <laughs> playing well. That'll be a tough game. Yeah, they had a tough loss uh, the other uh, last week, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was the Harper Woods. Yeah. Harper Woods then turn around the next week and beat Country Day. Harper Woods East Point, Denby. 
That's what I'm calling them. Hey, we've got Elkton Pigeon Bayport, so I'm calling them Harper Woods East Point Demi. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Harper, Harper is, Woods East Point. Is it honest Point, or is it no? Chandler Park. Yeah. <laughs> Those kids have been floating around the last four years, and wherever they are, they have a good uh, team. They've been signing one-year <laughs> deals. Free agency works in high school football, I'm telling you. Let's bring it on. All right, before we get us ourselves in any more trouble, <laughs> let's take a break. We got BWAC on the other side. All right. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly Tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. 
Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Uh, the uh, Croslex uh, Pioneers made a loud, resounding statement uh, this uh, week when they took on the uh, Richmond Blue Devils. And for the Richmond Blue Devils, I, I don't know what to tell you other than uh, it has uh, imploded on them in the last two weeks in two big games they have been thoroughly, thoroughly beaten by Armada and now Croslex. And I thought Armada handled them last week. It was nothing compared to what happened to them this week. 56 to nothing. Uh, Brady, at halftime, I had the Pioneers for 411 yards and the Blue Devils for 26. And Croslex oh. had uh, scored in the first half. Seven touchdowns on nine possessions. Then nine possessions? Seven touchdowns on nine possessions, and the two possessions they did not score on, one ended at the five, the other ended at the one. Jeez. That's, I mean, give credit to Croslex. They came out, and you had a feeling they wanted to make a statement like, hey, guys, we're still here. Hello. And 500 yards of offense later, they made a statement. Yeah, well, they didn't like where we put them in the rankings, <laughs> and I think they made a statement about that, too. <laughs> I think they did, too. <laughs> Let's get to the many pioneer highlights. Townsend with an empty backfield this time, looking to throw and firing deep down the middle to a wide-open Sage Slanik, and he makes a great catch, falling into the end zone for a pioneer touchdown. 28-yard strike, Townsend to Slanik. And just like that, the Pioneers jump on top with uh, 9.34 to go here in the opening quarter. Now they're going to be looking at third and about 26. Pioneers at their own 36. 
Mike Nays is a receiver into the game. It's part of the trio now off to the left. Slanick to the right. Townsend looking for Slanick, cutting down the middle of the field. Has time. Now he has to go underneath, complete to Gonzalez, and he's got first down yardage into Richmond territory. Cuts at the 30, gets loose. 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. Gonzalez is into the end zone. There are no flags this time, and Croslax gets another score. Another big touchdown for the Pioneers. This one goes for 64 yards, and it's 13-0 with 621 to go here in the first. So nine yards to Hosterman on that play. Early nine and three quarters. Townsend steps up in the pocket, throws underneath. It's caught, and there's lots of room for Hosterman. 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone for a Pioneer touchdown. Drew Hosterman takes the little flip from underneath on second and short, and he'll take it 42 yards for a Pioneer score, and with 4.23 to go in the first, it is 20 to nothing for Croslex. Pioneers have been stopped inside the 10 on each of their last two possessions after scoring on their first three. Third down here, they give it to Grappi, right up the middle to the 20. Still on his feet as he breaks the tackle at the 15. 10-5, he's going to score. Touchdown for Billy Grappi on a 25-yard run as he shook off a tackle and scores to give the Pioneers a 26-0 lead with 7.26 to go here in the half. So first and goal from the three after the 28-yard pitch to Slanik. They'll let Grappi go from there, and he will go straight ahead on the handoff and score another Pioneer touchdown. Grappi's second score of the game makes it 33-0 Pioneers with 3.05 to go here in the first half. So first and goal to go, we'll call it the two. No receivers this time, and they'll let Townsend take the snap and dive to the goal line, and he's into the end zone for a Croslex touchdown. Jake Townsend makes it 39 to nothing on the two-yard score with 148 to go here in the first half. So third and goal from the six. Throwing a fade for Slanick. He will catch this one for another Pioneer touchdown. Slanick on the fade catches the six-yard strike from Townsend. Fourth touchdown pass of the game for Townsend here in the first half. And it is 46 to nothing for the Pioneers. So third and three coming up here for the Pioneers. Espinosa with his third straight run here, and he's got a first down. Cross the 40, skips by a man to the 50. Espinosa on the move down the far sideline. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. Espinosa takes it 76 yards for another Pioneer score. And with 6.39 to go on the third, Croslex goes up 54 to nothing. And uh, they would win it 56 to nothing. Uh, at the end of the first half, Brady, they scored three touchdowns in two minutes and 59 seconds. So they were scoring a touchdown a minute. They scored, like I said, seven TDs in the first half on nine possessions. The uh, Espinosa 76-yard run, I believe, was their only possession of the third quarter. So basically, they they scored uh, eight uh, touchdowns on ten possessions to start the ball game. That's all right, I guess. <laughs> I had these numbers. 330 passing, 203 rushing, 533 total offense for Croslex. 
75 passing, 26 rushing, 101 yards for Richmond mm-hmm. in the game. Richmond got to the three-yard line in the fourth quarter and couldn't punch it in, got stopped on fourth and goal. Uh, that was the closest they came all night. Jake Townsend, 18 out of 27, 330 yards, four touchdowns, an interception, six carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown, uh, and he only played two quarters. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Remember when you said at the beginning of the year he can put up video game numbers? Those are video game numbers. Those are video game numbers. Uh, Jackson Gonzalez, five catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Sage Slanick, five catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Espinosa, four carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Groppy had 10 carries, 72 yards, two touchdowns uh, in the uh, game. Uh, and the only thing bad that happened to uh, Croslex was uh, kicker uh, Will Geiger breaking an ankle on a play where he made a touchdown-saving tackle on a kick return by Trey Taylor. The unfortunate part of it was is that there was a flag way back at the Richmond 25-yard line, so he could have let him go, and it wouldn't have mattered. But he didn't know, and that's how the Pioneers play. He didn't want to get scored on, and Mm -hmm. he made the play. And a much smaller player, because I think he's a JV guy, uh, and he ended up uh, breaking his uh, ankle on the play. So that's the only negative news out of Croslex in a 56 nothing thrashing of Richmond is the only way that I can describe that. Like, I know you thought Croslex was the bigger favorite than I did. Did you really expect, like, 56 to nothing? Cause, like, Are you going to thought... make me be honest about this? Well, because, okay. Because I... I've been telling you since early in the week I had a feeling. I know, but, like, when when you said like I was thinking like forty two fourteen like still a well in hand victory never had to worry about it I didn't think I'd see a score like this it was I don't I don't know there was just a, a different feel to it when you you got to the game and and it really like I just felt like you would feel for a game between Roseville and New Haven. I really did. You just had a gut feeling. I just I just went in there going I just think Croslex is kind of I don't know, like they I think they're mad that they lost to Williamston. Mhm. Uh, and, and not just that they lost to Williamston, but the way that game ended up with the four turnovers mm-hmm. and losing by 23 points. I think they were mad about that. I think they were mad that they only beat North Branch 28-7. to I don't think they're mad they beat Yale 44 to nothing, but I think they're mad they didn't get to play Imlay City. Yeah. I think they're they're mad that they couldn't get to play that game, and I think they took it out on Richmond tonight. I think they took – Anything that has frustrated them during the season, and they took it out on Richmond and said, we're Croslex, and you better not forget it. Now they have to run the A gauntlet, Almont, Algonac, Armada. Uh, and Almont, I mean, well, let's, let's talk about uh, Croslex, but that's, that's their biggest game in the way until Armada. Yeah. Because, well, with other results tonight, it seems like the BUAC has been narrowed down to a two-team race. Well, let's uh, hear Mike Legro's thoughts after uh, this big win. All right, with Coach Mike Legro after an impressive 56 to nothing win over Richmond. Well, I guess if you were looking to make a statement, you made a big one tonight. 
Yeah, um, the, the kids were excited to get back on the football field. Uh, not playing a game last week. Uh, the kids were just, you know, almost to the point they were done with practice this past week. They just wanted to play football. Um, you know, we wanted to show just because we were at, took a week off that we didn't miss a beat. Um, I mean, Jake had a uh, great game. I want to say he had over 350 yards in the first half uh, passing. Um, I mean, our receivers played great. A lot of uh, yards after catch. Um our defense was lights out. Um, I mean, when you shut out Richmond two years in a row on the varsity level, uh, something's going right. Um, Mike Sheridan had a great game plan. Uh, all the defensive coaches really honed it in, and you know it was a great uh, overall team victory. Obviously, in the second half, when you get into the running time situation, it gets a little sloppier. But in the first half, unofficially, I had you guys for 441 yards and Richmond for 26, and the score was 48 to nothing. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a uh, a great game. Like I said, our kids were just ready to play. Uh, there was a uh, a buzz in the school today with all the kids. They were just ready to uh, get out there and uh, compete. Um, Jake had, like I said, Jake had a great game. Uh, Sage Slanik had a great game. Jackson uh, Gonzalez had a great game. Um, Drew Hosman played well. Uh, Jack Oliver had a nice interception that toe tapped at the end of the uh, first half. They gave us a shot to get another score before halftime. Um, it was just a great overall performance everywhere. Um, we wanted to prove that uh, you know we're here to make a BWAC run, and. Uh, you know, Richmond's a good football program. They've traditionally been a great pro- football program. And we just wanted to show, like, hey, we're here to make a statement. And I think we did that tonight. All right, congratulations on the win. All right, thank you. Go Pioneers. I Like, Brady, I have not seen guys so wide open in, in the, the secondary as I did in, in this game. Jake Townsend, like, his biggest decision was, oh, I've got three guys wide open. Which one should I throw the touchdown pass to this time? Yeah, those numbers you put up that he put up, I mean, they speak for themselves. That's a big statement, and they are as, I mean, they're trying to set up for a Week 8 BWAC championship game between them and our main. And, and before we, I know it was the better game, but there are two undefeateds now in the league with Armada beating Yale 27 to nothing. Armada and Croslex are both 4-0 now in BWAC play. And they play Emily City next week, and I think Armada is going to be able to get to 6-0. Uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Now, um, Elmont North Branch went to overtime, and, and we knew that this was going to be a tough game either way. Number one, they went to overtime – and they were done before my halftime was over. Legitimately. Legitimately. They went to overtime tonight, and they were done playing before I started the third quarter of my game. Yeah. Well, because you knew they didn't throw a pass. Yeah. I, I saw a bunch of uh, balls put in the air tonight. Uh, North Branch, Almont, they probably didn't attempt to pass at all. North Branch ended up winning 20-14. to 14. But I see on the board what you have written down. Yeah. Um, I had eyes at the game and was getting reports. So North Branch was winning this game 14-7 to with uh, under uh, three minutes to go. And they went for it, fourth and one at their own 38. They got stuffed, and it led to Elmont using the short field to tie the game and force overtime. And that 
Brady, Brady and I have different opinions about what to do on fourth and one. You're always go for well, it, and I'm see, not always go for it. I'm sometimes go for it. Sometimes the safe play is the better part of valor. The hard part here is we don't have all the context. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, so your eyes said it was basically a run up the middle. Um, uh, a few questions I'd have is how many timeouts does Almont have? Because if they have none and that you're saying we or have we need to get one yard to win the game, I don't hate If they have three, okay, punt. What? How did they feel about their operation with the punt? Because, okay, college and pro, you're, uh, you, you have the assumption that you can get a punt off and it'll be fine. High school, you don't always have that assumption. That's the other thing I don't know. How much do you trust a punt? Was one blocked? Was one almost blocked earlier? Those are the questions you have to ask. And, I mean, you have like a little decision tree. Well, if you felt safe about the punt, got it. But I don't hate it. Like, this isn't a – just because it didn't work out, I'm not going to yell and scream. Did he – was it probably the wrong choice? In hindsight, yes. But if he gets it and then knees it three times, you go, okay, he went for the kill and got it. Yeah, I just – against a lot of teams – I've got no problem with it, but I, opponent factors into it. Elmont's got a kid named uh, Hunsacker, mm-hmm. who a lot of people, a lot of people with good defensive players on their own team, yeah. think he's the best guy in the BWAC on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So I take that into to consideration. I also look at it that even if your kid only kicks you a 10-yard punt, he's probably going to kick you longer than a 10-yard punt. Right. But even if he only kick, I'd rather have them start near midfield than inside my 40 in that situation. I just feel like, yeah, it's cool if you get the yard. And and, and I know Furman, he believes his team's going to get that yard every time. And the other thing is every the, time. the type of offense you run. The wing tee you're assuming you can get, get a, a yard. yard. Yeah. Like you're it's it's a little different if you're running spread and you're going out of the gun and you're throwing a pass. That's something else that factors into it. But you're running the wing T, that's what it's designed to do. And I I guess the best argument I think I could make is say Dennis, if I told you yesterday I could give you fourth and one for a chance to win the game, do you take it or do you punt it? I think if you ask that question yesterday, most people say from North Branch say we go for the yard. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not most people, and I'm not from right. North Branch. I look at it going, I'm beating Elmont. I'm going to make them work for a game tying touchdown. I'm I'm going to make them go as far down the field as I can. In the end, it worked out. They they, right. they didn't make it, and they did give up a score. But they ended up winning the game anyways. So I say, why not punt it and make them move Again, down? Again, another make them thought drive down process the field. is you're because you were holding, you held them to seven points at that point. Right. So obviously, your defense is doing the job. Yeah. The other, uh, I guess, thing I'd say is you're up seven. So in most scenarios, worst case scenario, you're you're tied and you go to overtime and you get another chance. So it's not you're not up four where a touchdown ends it. It's not a three-point yeah. game. That's something else that factors in, again, without complete context. Uh, you don't know, and I'm sure if 
if we got to talk to Furman, he'd have his reasons for it. And it might be as simple as the offense we run, we should be able to get a yard whenever we I'm need sure to. that's what he would say. I'm 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 sure that he'd go, and hey, honestly, guys, it's a yard. Right. We can make that. And if if you're going for the kill, because I, I guess the the punt is playing not to lose, and mo- most of the time when you play not to lose, it backfires. But I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm not gonna. I wouldn't hate either decision. You just can't go back and retroactively criticize it. Either you like the decision in general, or you go, I wouldn't have done that. At that time, you have to first guess it. You can't second guess it down the line when, oh, oh, Almont scored. That was a bad decision. Like, no, I, I would have, I would have been against it regardless of what had happened. And I, they, they would have gotten the yard, and I still would have sat there going, okay, they, they got the yard. They know better than I do about their personnel. But I would have, I would, I would have punted. Uh, Brady and I have these conversations all the time, and they usually get right. pretty heated on on what to do on fourth and one because. Uh, I didn't like the Lions doing it uh, in Green Bay. I, I thought they should have kicked the field goal and kept it on the road, a one-possession game, and you're like, no, you go for it there. I, you like that they went for it. I, I didn't. I just like being aggressive in general, and especially in late-game situations. You can go for the kill. You, you have one yard to get. You have three feet, and you're running the wing tee. You know what more? 75% of the time you get a yard. You play the odds, and you just came up short the one time. Hey, North Branch still won. That's a big win for them playoff-wise. That puts them at 3-2, and two, and they're going to play Algonac, which is looking more and more, is looking like a very winnable game. They get to 4-2 and two with Richmond, Emily City, and Linden on the horizon. Could North Branch be another one of these teams that got off to a slow start that ends with like six or seven wins? Well, we'll see. Uh, I still think they've got a really tough road ahead, but they've they played passed, the gauntlet they, of their schedule. They, they passed test one, or actually, they passed test, test three. Test three because Armada they, was they only didn't a, pass the the test against the a other one two score teams. loss. But yeah, um, they had a late touchdown in that game, from what I was told. Yeah, they did. But. Anyways, uh, a team that you usually don't know how to pick. Came up smelling like roses for you this week. Emily City beats Algonac 45-14. to 14, So, whatever their issue was last week, they got better. Yeah, and I'm just going to say this right now just in case. The score has not been officially reported, but we were told it was 45-14. So, got, the person who told us, I trust them. And if it turns out they were wrong or they were messing with me, they're going to get a nice phone call. I hope they but, were wrong because I picked Algonac to win that game, and uh, they didn't. <laughs> no, no. I like They didn't it. if that score holds up. Uh, apparently, Emily City had seven takeaways. Wow. Yeah, so something something up with the pickles. The, the, that pickle air makes the ball loose. That was the other thing about it tonight when I walked into to, uh, Croswell, and, uh, yeah, they, the factory was cooking those sugar beets and, yeah. I hate it. I still hate it. I hated it when I was started playing against them in school ball. I, I hate it now. I like the people up there. Hate the smell of their feet when the sugar beets are going. Amen to that. But uh, big win for uh, for MLA uh, City. Um, and Algonac continues to, to struggle. But uh, uh, 
I'm I'm not surprised that Emily City won the game. I'm surprised that it was a lopsided score. I I thought those two teams were a little closer than apparently they are. Yeah. Oh, seven turnovers does that to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what what did Richmond do? Six, Six. against them, and and Emily City couldn't beat them. So <laughs> I don't know. I, Some, I, somebody explain that to me. That in two games you force. 13 turnovers, and you only go one and one in those two games. <laughs> Just a weird that's, stat. That's like that. some of those softball stats that was given last uh, season. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's get to some thumb eight-man Mooney football because you had a really good game up in the thumb. Yeah, we, that we did, and, and we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that after the break. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series Shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark Shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark Shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, 
and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Mary's or Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis and Brady, and again, it was a full slate on uh, Friday. Everybody played, so we still have a bunch of scores to give you. And maybe the best game of the night. Yeah, an eight-man football. This is a rivalry, but in recent years, you know, Peck has been strong and cps has been way down peck hasn't lost to cps since 2005 yeah tonight but but the the tigers are better this year and even though coming into this one they were one and three they've been playing competitive football um and 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 even last week they ended up losing like in a wild game 72 36 but that was like a 36 22 game near halftime um before it got out of hand and tonight they gave Peck, um, who has, was undefeated and who has, for the most part, been winning games easy. They had a, a one tough game this year up at Hale, which was a non-league game where had, they had to drive 1,000 miles or whatever it is to Hale <laughs> to, to play. Um, but this one goes to overtime, and Peck wins 44-42. to uh, 42. So I'm going to assume it was 36-36 going into overtime. And yes. Peck got a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and then CPS scored and missed the two-point conversion. So that's a, a, a heck of a way to finish an overtime a game. But Peck escapes, and they go to 5-0 uh, and o now, and CPS is a tough 1-4 and because, as I said, they've been pretty competitive. Yeah. Yes, they have been. And, by the way, if you're wondering, like, wait, CPS hasn't beat Peck since – 2005 well the two years cars uh, cps combined for 22 wins peck wasn't an eight-man team yet yeah so that's why yeah that's that that's was uh what happened there but no that's i don't want i don't like using moral victories especially in rivalry games this is kind of a moral victory for cps a team that a year ago got outscored 286 to 66 this year is I mean they're only one in four, but their losses outside of last week have been very competitive, and they crushed Akron Fairgrove, who going into that game they had been competitive in their early games. CPS has a chance to go three and one in their last four games. 
They have well, Ashley North here on Caseville and Flint International. Yeah, and and I would say uh, in their in their own league games, they're the favorite, uh, except against North Huron. Yeah, they're they're definitely the favorite against Caseville, and I would put them right now as the favorite against Ashley. Mm-hmm. And and they might because Flint International is not a strong team, no. so they might have an opportunity in in that one. As well. Um, side note, and this is courtesy of uh, our friend Mike Gallagher, Nathan Robar of Peck, 346 yards and five touchdowns tonight, Brady, gives him 1,014 yards and 11 scores in five games this year. That's good. That's 202 touchdowns basically a game. That, that, that's, that's, that's good. Very good. Yards, 202 yards. Yeah. 200 yards and two touchdowns. He's getting 202 No, I'm touchdowns. saying 200 two yards oh, and two okay. touchdowns yeah. per See, game. You're talking in Twitter. T- in Twitter right? yeah, That's the, what you just did. My brain is. You, you talked in Twitter just now. My brain is exhausted <laughs> right now. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll congrats get back, to Peck. Yeah, we'll get back to the eight-man scores, um, but let's uh, let's wrap up the 11-man scores. Uh, Mooney beats Waterford, Our Lady of the Lake. 33-7, to seven, so that's two straight years Mooney has uh, beat uh, Lakes. Uh, and this is a nice bounce back for Mooney after a disappointing week against uh, Shrine. And it's hard for me to put into perspective last Saturday's game against Shrine because Mooney didn't play as well as they did the uh, other time I saw them or as good as they did the first three games that they won. But they also fumbled the ball three times in the red zone in the first half against Shrine, mm-hmm. and you feel like if any of those get punched in, they probably beat Shrine. Yeah. By the way, the only stats I could get uh, our friend Mike McAndrews put out. In the first half, uh, three different touchdown passes were thrown to Trent Rice, Ryan Travley, and Brian Everhart. They've got three number one receivers, Brady. And they all scored a touchdown. And they all scored a touchdown. So that was 21 of their 33 points. I'm assuming Hazen later maybe scored one of the last ones. Yeah. Uh, in a game that was for first place, it wasn't much of a game. Ubley beats Memphis 62 to nothing, and now Ubley remains the only undefeated team in league play in the GTC East. That's a freight train that's not stopped until it gets to Ford Field, Dennis. <laughs> I've, I've just tell like, I have, I don't talk to anyone up there. I don't know anything, but you can just tell by the scores. They are a team possessed. Uh, Marlette had the air raid sirens going as uh, they beat KPAC 57 to 14 was the uh, final there for the Raiders. Uh, Harbor Beach rolls Sandusky 47 to uh, eight. So nice bounce back for Harbor Beach after losing to Ubley last week and USA uh, beats uh, Brown City 48 to 14. It's been already for five weeks, a long season for Brown City. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's been a long day for me, <laughs> too. <laughs> well, you think it was a long day for you. How about uh, Flint International? They uh, take on Deckerville, and the Eagles put 80 up, 80-6. to six. Deckerville, this is the second game in three weeks. Deckerville has got to 80. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> That's just <laughs> Deckerville. Two times in three weeks they've gone Their 80. worst offensive output was 50. <laughs> Their worst. Their worst. Fire the coordinator. Yeah, right? If it wasn't for a 2 nothing win in week one because of a fourth, they'd have like 400 points by now, it seems like. <laughs> 
Speaking of 400 points, Morris probably got close to that. They beat New Haven uh, Merritt 58-8, to uh, eight, uh, and that is the, the game that, again, like every year now for the past five years, I think, we just wait for the Deckerville-Morris game to see who's the better team. No, yeah, basically. Let's see what has Morris done. They Their lowest output was tonight with 58. They've gone 64, 69, 58, 59, 58. Slowing down. <laughs> That's running out of gas. Oh, I love eight man scores. <laughs> I wish eight man played on like something stupid like Wednesday so we could just do eight man games every week. And <laughs> just our, the, the reaction show to that with the first 20 minutes would just be highlights. Oh, you, you wouldn't. I, the, the, yeah, the, the whole first segment would be 30 minutes of highlights. It would be, hi, welcome to the Shark Island. Get stuck on sports podcast. Here's highlights. Imagine, like, the, the Decker, what was the Deckerville, um, who would they beat, 82 to 48 or whatever it was? Genesee. Genesee. And it was 82-48. Oh, good memory stuff. And you do have a good memory. Tennessee's had some wild ones. I know they had a 56-52 game to start the season. Yep, that was against Mayville. And then they want 46-40? God, why do you know Genesee's schedule? Well, I I, I kind of the the scores I kind of remember because uh, I update the the standings, so I have mm-hmm. to type all that stuff oh, in. Oh, that makes sense. And so that kind of burns it into your mind for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else before we wrap this up? Now that's that's all I've got. Other than I will say because you have it up on the see the you weeks the weeks when I, win, I was the weeks when I win picks. Brady doesn't want picks. Brady won the picks this week. I think you went ten and zero. I think so. And uh, I mi- I went off the board three times. I missed all three, so I went seven and three. So you well, leapfrogged no, out go, of last. You didn't go place. off the board with Almont. That was kind of. I would say Almont would have been. Yeah, the you were the only one though that called North Branch to win that game. I did. So you. I won't say you like went off the board with. That's not like you went. Oh, you picked an upset. And I didn't think I went off the board on uh, on any of them. Well, but. Gross Point North St. Clair. In all honesty, was a coin flip, especially being down there. North and, North blew it for me, and, and St. Then Clair came storming Emily back. Emily City Algonac. You saw Algonac in person. You had your reasons, and just sometimes you're wrong. I'm very rarely wrong. I know that's why I was twenty seven and three over three weeks and then I lose three games this week. Firing the whole staff. Well you already fired them once. Well, the, and it worked and, and it worked for me, didn't it? I, so look look watch how I finish the season, people. I can't with wait with my third staff in this year. I can't wait to text Bowman in the morning and just say Emily City rolls. <laughs> what is Bowman talking about? He'd lost a couple of games. Yeah, but he, he was he was high he was high on the Emily City pick. He liked that one. He was hitting the head with a golf ball earlier in the day. <laughs> no, he wasn't. The golf course was underwater. <laughs> so he was snorkeling and got hit with a golf ball. All right. Because when I golf, I hit water. All right. Anyway, geez, we need to end this. Um, anything back Tuesday, I, I think? Yes, we're Tuesdays. back. We're back uh, Tuesday. Uh, and uh, impressive by Crosslex. Marine City was Marine City. I think big wins for St. Clair, Marysville. Uh, happy with PH and Northern uh, this week. Um, uh, Armada wins again. and uh, Furman's big, very happy, man. Big win for North Branch. And big win for North Branch. And then CPS had a very good showing, but congratulations to Peck for being 5-0. and 
All right. Uh, so that'll do it. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is stuck on sports.